0: Right, it's another episode of Hockey 24-7, the podcast with the mostest, it makes no sense. But uh, with me as always is Tyron Jabu Barnard, who knows everything there is to know about the sport of hockey, indoor, outdoor, and everything in between. And I'm Derek Alberts, who knows a little less. Um, But yeah, Tyron, who do we have today? And... Good to see you.
1: Yeah, uh, Derek, always good to be here. Today is, you know, let me be careful how I say this to not disrespect anybody, but today we're playing in the top league. Uh, We're playing in the Premier League. Today we have none other than the most capped South African hockey player of all time. Whoa! The one and only Marsha Cox.
0: That's sensational. And she is on the line right now. Marsha, great to have you on the line all the way from the Netherlands.
2: Hi Derek and Tyron, I love your tune by the way,
1: it's great. Oh it's awesome, you should have seen Derek dancing to it, that was a bit less
0: awesome. <laughs> it, it's, it's magnificent, we'll, we'll film it it's next brilliant. time, I promise you. Oh good, <laughs> that
2: would be good bunny sure. Alright,
1: so so Marsha, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we've we got about a half an hour with you, and and in fairness, half an hour is probably not enough to talk to you about the superb career you've had both as a hockey player on the field and post, uh, post playing after the field. So I think we want to go right back to the beginning. Why wow,
2: hockey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not hockey? Um, well, I think it was an obvious choice for me. My mum was a hockey player. She, um, back in the days of segregation, um, played for the South African women's uh, hockey team and captained that as well. Um, and I pretty much grew up on the side of the hockey field. I believe my mum and her friends tell stories of like us, the kids being breastfed at halftime while they played. <laughs> so <laughs> literally brought up on the side of a hockey field. Um, and yeah, I guess um, just from being exposed to it, literally from birth, I was, uh, I just had this love for the game. And um as I guess most people uh, say about about sports, you know, you don't know whether you're good because you love it or you love it because you're good at it. I think the two go hand in hand, and uh, the better you become, the more you end up loving it. So, just like everybody ends up playing on the international playing field, um, yeah, you, you just end up growing with the game.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's and, and, and we as South Africans are so happy that, that hockey did happen because, you know, through through all the years that I watched you, I mean, it's great to be able to talk to you as a friend now, but for many years I was just a fan. I thought, uh, you know, it, it was actually for me a bit un- unbelievable that we had you and Petey Kutsia playing for South Africa at the same time.
2: Thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, <laughs> I think,
2: look- I think it, it also helps that, you know, like if I look, there's obviously different um, superstars in every generation, but I think it is also a huge uh, blessing in disguise that we got to play against the likes of like the AMAs and um, those greats of the world that... Um, for a large percentage of our careers, we were put up against them. It just forces you to be, to work harder. And even though they're your competition, you also look up to them and admire what they're doing. Um, So I think, you know, it's much like Roger Federer says that he probably wouldn't be as good as he is without the likes of Nadal. I think we were also really fortunate to have a lot of Extremely talented um, superstars in our generation. And I think there are more coming, but I'm not sure if anybody will win World Play of the Year eight times in a row, like Amar did um, for a long time to come. So, yeah, I think, and, you know, the likes of PT, as you say, somebody out of their own uh, initiative and hard work to become the first women drag liquor in the in the world. Um, also, says a lot about the generation that we played in, and also the people that we were surrounded by.
0: Yeah, Marsha. I mean, you say the generation that we played in. I, I think you could probably say the generations that we played in, because yeah, I mean, you 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 <laughs> you, you, you saw plenty of players come and go during your career. I mean, geez, they're, they're things that you would have forgotten that others still have to learn. I mean, that's how long you're on the scene. But that being said, when you did call it quits, you still had plenty to offer the sport. I remember chatting to Graham Smith not too long ago, former cricket captain of South Africa, and I asked him, and I said... You know, a, a lot of people are of the opinion that you still had a few more left, a few more years left in the in the tank. Uh, does he regret having retired when he did? And, and he said yes, he did. And I mean, he, he captained his country for many many years, as, as yeah. you did. Um, do you yeah. think that, that you still could have carried on, or, or, or was the time right?
2: Um, I think physically, I probably could have carried on. Um, I did play one more season of Hockey in the Netherlands. Um, but I think mentally, um, I was, I was quite ready, um, to retire. And in that regard, when I look back at the timing of my retirement, um, I don't have any regrets about it. Um, like I said, yeah, probably physically I could have, could have gone on a bit longer, but, um, I don't know. I think that after twelve, was it twelve years? No, fourteen years. (laughs) After fourteen years of being in the national team and playing non-stop, um, I think mentally and emotionally, I was quite quite satisfied with with my career.
1: It would be hard not to. I mean, if you read your resume. It's probably a resume that most youngsters playing the sport would dream of just a fraction of it. I mean, three Olympic Games, three World Cups, four Commonwealth Games. I mean, that's, that in itself is 10 major tournaments. You were also nominated. Four World Cups. Oh, four World Cups. Look at that. Even my pressure yeah. releases aren't right. <laughs>
2: no, I mean,
1: no. You, you, you were part of the FIH World XI <laughs> three times 2007, 2009, yeah. 2010. I mean, 330 caps. Is is there a moment in your career that just stands out for you? Wow,
2: well, I think there are a lot of moments. To be honest, um, I'll never forget playing my first cap um, in America, um, and that was that was something really special because, you know, growing up um, with having a mom who she still is extremely passionate about the sport but growing up in a family that you know is is so passionate about hockey I was uh, encouraged to watch a lot of hockey as a as a youngster and I remember um, watching the SA women's team and in fact I remember being a ball girl for them when they played in Durban um, when I was a teenager and for me that was already like standing on the side of the field in awe of of the players in green and gold. So when I finally got the opportunity to play with some of those players who I had just admired as a teenager, um, that was a really special moment for me. Um, And then, um, yeah, I guess there's so many, there's so many highlights going to my first Olympic games, uh, you know, in Athens, 2004, that was just a dream come true. I remember at our junior world cup, when we were still part of the Under-21 set-up talking about it and, you know, if we had to ever make the Olympic team, what a huge, huge honour it would be and what a big deal it would be in our lives. And it it was exactly that. Um, And I think that that was also a year where I probably established myself as a player, as a more consistent player in the team you know, in the beginning, even though you're there and you're consistently making the final 16 for a tournament, um, as a youngster, you, with the likes of, we had like a magnificent mi- midfield line um, and defences as well. So it was extremely competitive and we just had to earn our stripes and learn, keep continuously learning and trying to prove yourself every few minutes you got on the field and, when I had that opportunity in 2004 at the Olympics, I think that was probably one of the most memorable tournaments for me um, as a as a tournament that I got to sort of establish a position for myself. Um, and, yeah, I think, see, looking back, there's just so many from uh, beating England 4-0 in 2014 at the World Cup you know, being the only unprofessional team at that World Cup and finishing places well ahead and comfortably ahead of other teams that have professional setups, have way, way more funding. That was also something I uh, put down in the books as a big achievement. Um, qualifying for London Olympic Games again in India when we won that tournament. Um that's also another highlight for the books. Um, I think my list could probably go on to about 10 highlights <laughs> at least, but those are, are probably the most that stand out.
0: Yeah, very unfair from Tyron to ask someone who's uh, played the sport for almost two decades at the highest level to, to, to pick out just a, a few moments. One. Now, uh, uh, but, but I must say, I mean, I think I could probably add – um, a, a couple more to that. Well, I could definitely add, but but here's something that I, you probably won't select yourself. Uh, I know if you're a great sports person and you tend to achieve in anything you do, the goalposts keep shifting in terms of what you want to achieve. So when you start off as a youngster, you obviously want to make provincial. Then you want to make national level and, and do well at that respect. And, and I think once you get to the international stage, as you did for many, many years, then it becomes an international stage for recognition. And I don't think there's a higher honor than being nominated for the FIH World XI three times. I mean, to do it once is is amazing, but to do it three Mm -hmm. times, to be able to be acknowledged by everyone around the world as you are being the best of the best, that must be pretty special, I, I can imagine. Yeah, it
2: totally is. Um, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you um, spoke about just how you keep change, moving the goalposts. Um, just when I was younger, um, one of the one of the senior players had said that you should always aim to be on the list of threats to the opposition, and that always always stayed in my mind um, whenever I played. Um, and yeah, I guess in in that regard, with being on that list of a of a world eleven, um, I achieved that that goal. But it, it definitely didn't stop there. It was something that I continuously wanted to to do and achieve. Just continuously being a threat to the opposition and play, like you say, it's a, it's now it's not just playing for the national team, but you're playing international hockey, and that's what I always. Uh, aimed
1: to to achieve. Yeah, Marsha, and, and such was your, what what is the word, your status in the game that the Federation of International Hockey or the International Federation yeah. of Hockey, they get very confused themselves there, but the FIH <laughs> even ran an yeah. article about your retirement on their, their webpage, and you can scroll through the archives how few players are individually honoured by FIH on their website. I mean... Yeah. Does it ever actually, t- I mean, do you ever actually realize how much of an impact you, you made on the game of hockey, not just in South Africa, but globally?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Like like I said, I'm just, it's just something that I'm extremely passionate about. And even though I've retired, I'm, I'm still passionate about the game, still, uh, still close to the game. Um, with my husband being a coach, we at hockey every single weekend. So my daughter's getting to experience a very bringing to what I had, not breastfeeding on the side of the field. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, I guess I don't really realize the, that impact um, that I've had on on the game or anything like this, because I just see it as, as something that always like it's probably such a big part of my life that um, it's, it probably has more of an impact on my life or has had any more of an impact on my life.
1: Yeah, I, look, I mean, I won't speak for your life, but I, <laughs> I, I can speak for you in South Africa I mean, you retired in 2015, four years later, your name is constantly spoken about when players tell me who their heroes were, uh, who inspired them to take up hockey, who inspired them to go up a, another a level, who who they as- aspire to base their game on, you know, and, and your name is consistently uh, brought up and, you know, we, we're into an age now where fortunately even the young kids who are social media savvy... Uh, get to get to see some of your your goals i mean i mean i remember if i sharing one of your world cup goals um last year and and i mean something Mm. like eight thousand five hundred people responded to the post so unfortunately it wasn't my post (laughs) it's really humbling
2: (laughs) yeah it's very humbling
1: um and look and and knowing you as i've got to to do over the, the the past couple of years I know you are humble but I felt like you're not going to say it so I need to say it. I think uh, you have been arguably uh, since uh, South Africa's return from isolation, you have been probably the most inspirational player for the kids growing up watching and wanting to play the game.
2: Thank you. Thanks. For, yeah, it's a real honour to, to hear. Um, I hope to continue to inspire players and Um, I started a project in Greener Park where I grew up um, and I hope to inspire the kids there as well to just go out and reach for the stars, you know, nothing should hold you back. If you work hard and you're passionate about something, then you should go for it.
0: Marsha, you, you made your debut um, for South Africa at the age of 18. Uh, you're now 36. Yeah. You don't look a day over 30. Uh, and, I, mean, if, I thought you were going to say 18, <laughs>
2: but is okay.
0: <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take it back. Um,
2: no.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, almost more than half your life, or almost half your life, you, you represented your country on, on the international hockey front. Um, and then you, you look at, the, the years prior to, to playing for South Africa, when we spoke about the many, 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 many years of preparation that got you that to that point. And uh, now, yeah. as you mentioned, I mean, you still, um, your, your, your husband's involved in hockey, you're still involved in hockey. I mean, could you ever really say goodbye to the sport completely? I mean, uh, is it going to be in your veins uh, till your deathbed, which will hopefully be in many, many decades' time?
2: I don't know, I think, I guess so in, in a different way. Um, um, it's hard, it's hard to probably explain, um, but I'll do my best. But I think that there's like there're different ways of sort of letting go. Um, I think I've gotten better at understanding my role now um, and understanding sort of the capacity of, my involvement now Um, and I think in that in that regard in one way it is sort of letting go because you let go of what you used what role you used to play and you start accepting a different role um, which is more like to be honest with you I'm not uh, extremely passionate about coaching but because I love watching the game and I love um, the interaction with the players and with the team. I enjoy being involved, uh, sort of administratively. I managed a, a team here in the Netherlands, which I thoroughly enjoyed doing. Um, and in my involvement with the F.I.H. was also really fantastic for four years. Um, so, in that regard, like just understanding and accepting the new roles and the new function that I have and contributions that I can still make to to the sport and to the game. Um, I think, yeah, in one way it is sort of letting go, but at the same time you still stay close to the game and you still stay extremely involved. Um, with my husband being a coach um, and coaching at a high level, international and club level, um, yeah, I guess I'll still be around the sport for Years to come, but I don't know. I guess if my daughter starts playing, then we will still be around hockey field for years be to come. One of those uh, no, <laughs> 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 definitely not. Um, I think yeah, my mum was probably one of the better examples. Uh, she quietly would sneak in and sit in the corner and not interact with anybody while she watched and supported. So, so um, yeah, I think uh, I probably follow in her <laughs> follow her example but I think that yeah, I think I'll still be involved, but just sort of accept the different roles that I have to play and I think in a in a nutshell, I still believe that that is one way of letting go a little bit. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: It it does, but it
2: makes sense to me. (laughs) But (laughs) don't know if it makes sense to
0: anybody else. It it does make sense. I'm still flabbergasted at uh, a previous sentence where you said, "If your daughter starts playing hockey, I mean, would that really be? I mean, is that really up for debate? That would be like Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi's kids not playing tennis."
2: Well, you see, there's lots of money to be earned in Canada, <laughs>
0: okay, so, so we don't blame enough.
2: them for being upset. <laughs> but <laughs> no, well, for well now, she's only three, and she really enjoys being at the hockey every Sunday, and uh, she likes the fact that you know. Um, I think I think the culture here is also fantastic, with the kids at halftime just running on the field and getting a chance to play and every single week being exposed to like the national players and uh, watching them play competitive hockey. So I think the fact that she enjoys going and she enjoys it at such a young age, maybe she ends Yeah. I think she probably will end up playing, playing hockey, whether she's talented or not. That's another story, you know, but she just has to enjoy it. And cause that was also something that was really important for me. And I always enjoyed being there and, hockey was sort of like my safe haven, should I say, um, when sometimes when things were a bit tough in life, as it sometimes is, hockey was sort of my release, um, which, yeah, I guess it is for a lot of people and also not for some people, but I had, a, I got a lot of enjoyment out of it and I still do today get a lot of enjoyment out of, out of the game. So um, as long as she enjoys it, then. She she must by all means play.
0: Was she was she born in South Africa or the Netherlands?
2: She was born in the Netherlands.
0: Okay. Whereabouts? Yeah. In
2: Amsterdam. Lovely. But she'll play yeah. for South Africa, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> the yeah. green
2: mamba all the way.
1: I'm just saying you have to <laughs> say that because you're on a South African podcast. <laughs>
2: No, I'm, still, I'm still proudly South African, have my South African
1: passport. Oh, there's nothing I as good as, as the green mamba.
2: <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. So. I mean, Marsha, Alex uh, Eric, obviously is a coach. He's been the head coach of Kampong. He led them to a first title in what, something like 30-odd years. He's uh, yeah. taken up the Irish uh, head coach role when Craig Fulton left. How, how, yeah. how are the discussions at home? Do you Does he look to you for some input some advice or is it completely at home hockey's off off limits?
2: Um, To be honest we don't discuss hockey much in fact very little we yeah we probably discuss hockey like very little Um, I think it's largely because when we met I was still playing uh, for the national team and he was at that time the assistant coach for the Dutch women so just to, you know, it was it's sort of, yes, it's, it's your passion, but it's also sort of a job. Like for him, it's his job, for me, playing was, was also my job um, at that time. So we kind of kept it professional, I guess, in that regard and kept the hockey discussions to an extreme low um, just to give ourselves the freedom to do what we needed to do. Um, of course he was always there to support me or like at every game that he possibly could be at. Um, and if he had any uh, sort of if I needed to express myself, he was always there as a, as a support. but um, yeah, I think just because that was sort of the foundation of our relationship, we just have kept it that way since my retirement as well. So, hockey discussions are more about schedules and planning <laughs> around the the different um, the different dates.
1: I know. Look, I understand that honest, completely. Yeah. Uh, my wife and myself are both uh, have the same qualification from a professional point of view, and yeah. I, I can promise you that at home. Well, our profession is a lot less uh, interesting to talk about than yours, but I can promise you we don't have tax discussions or efrus discussions no. at home. We maybe talk about yeah. survival, grace. I mean, she talks about Gray's Anatomy because obviously I don't watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not on a recording. No. Admitting that. Yeah. Um, Marsha, I didn't ask you to yeah. prep for this, so it's 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 quite a curveball yeah. question mm-hmm. here. But yeah. ho- Hockey fives is growing, and I'd like you to imagine yes. now that we're inviting the, the Marsha Cox five into a competition. The restrictions yeah. on the players you can select is it just has to be someone you played with in your career. So it can be played club, or, yeah, club, international, okay. provincial. Who's going to make your five-player squad for this this fictional okay. tournament?
2: Okay. So I'm going to try and keep this as, young as possible <laughs> <laughs> because I'm obviously going to I'm yet to win that right
1: yeah of course
2: so I'd go with Sander Hart that's international player yes Laureen Luring that's international player <laughs> um, I would go with um, I need a goalkeeper so I will go with Nani Mangisa yeah in the goals I will go with Julia Muller, German uh, bronze medalist Rio Olympics as a defender. Yeah. I will go with like I said, I'm trying to keep it young, right? So <laughs> I'm looking and thinking
1: you, of you've, you who forgot
2: recently retired oh, 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 or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. I'm I'm there. Um and then I would choose. So how many plays? Okay, of I think course you've it's got five, five. But you can get yeah, that's five with me. But then, how many can I have as a reserve? <laughs> uh, l- l-
1: let's give you. Let's give you two reserves.
2: <laughs> two more. Okay, so two reserves. I would choose. Oh, I have to think about it now, this is really <laughs> tough. That I've only played with. Yeah.
1: So no, no, Ima.
2: Yeah that's a shame um, I would go with Gigi Oliver yes the Spanish captain and I would go with Lisa Beatlift.
1: okay brilliant stuff um, it's quite quite ironic because uh, Lisa was recently chosen for a water polo team. By Marcel Keat in a chat with her. So yeah. uh, We're going to have to have Lisa on the podcast soon so she can pick everybody else back.
0: Exactly. Marsha also made... You also made... you you also made the team. Yeah, you made the water polo team too.
1: You did, you did. That's great. I'm
2: so great. (laughs) I (laughs) made the
1: tickets. We won't tell Marcel... We play water polo. Yeah, we won't tell Marcel you didn't pick it.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) then,
1: (laughs) to round off your team... Which coach, yep. any coach that you've been coached by in your entire career, which coach would coach your team?
2: I would choose Giles okay. and Rose Powell as
1: his assistant. Oh, brilliant. Look, Giles is doing some fantastic mm-hmm. stuff with Canada right now. And uh, when he was here, yeah. I mean, uh, look, a testament to, to what he organized is how many caps many players got under, under yeah. his reign. So it's definitely exciting to see what he's doing in Canada and hopefully uh, we can still uh, make sure we get one beat over them him in the in future. <laughs> Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> yes. Just say,
1: you hope we beat them in Malaysia. Yeah, look, I mean, and I think we have brought that up, but, but how are you feeling? Uh, I mean, I know you and I, have chatted about it, but how are you feeling about South Africa's uh, chances and and who's going to be the biggest opposition for us in Valencia?
2: Sorry, uh, sorry, I lost you.
1: Yeah, uh, I said, uh, how are you feeling about our chances going to Valencia and who do you think are the teams that we really need to look out for?
2: Um, I think it's going to be a really tough tournament just um, with being realistic of what the others have been doing in the last two years. Um, so their preparation extends further than just the last six months. Um, if we look at, like you mentioned, Canada, and if you look at Spain in what they've achieved since, since they got that lovely ticket from us to the Rio mm-hmm. Olympic Games, um, you know, um, it's, it really is going to be um, a tough tournament. But I think that we have to... Uh, To be honest with you, I wouldn't focus on the opposition too much. I would focus on ourselves. Um, We we have a history of um, pulling out great performances when the focus is on ourselves, on our structure, on our uh, goals per half or per quarter. So my biggest, I think my answer to that question would be to not actually spend too much time uh, focusing on the opposition. We know it's going to be a tough, tough competition. We know that everybody else is months ahead of us in terms of preparation. And there's nothing we can do about it. So the best thing would actually be to just focus on ourselves and be our biggest competition. You know, so... Set the standard for the performance on the first day, and then the second day go out to beat your own performance.
1: Yeah, um, look, I'm, I'm hoping and that the the team will be able to uh, dig deep and find some of that South African spirit, and and maybe yeah. uh, get a little bit of uh, inspiration from uh, a visiting Marsha Cox who's come to support them. Intent. Yeah, yes,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but so, like to be honest with you. Uh, Canada are a team that we have to be aware of. We saw what they, what, we saw what our competition was one to one at the Commonwealth Games, and then also leading up to the World Cup when we had a series against them just before we um, played at the World Cup. So we know where they are in, the, in terms of their progress, and they've only been um, spending more time together as a group. So. Um, anybody with the experience will know what a team that has put that much time and effort in together um, is capable of achieving. We see what Spain have done, you know, winning bronze at, at the World Cup and uh, seeing the caliber of players that they have and how they've grown and that they still are part of that group. Seeing the likes of, of other teams, um, you know, um, sorry, I'm, I'm a bit. Maybe Italy are in our group one day. Yeah. I have to think about who's in our group.
1: I'm pretty sure they are. are but I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, and as I say that, I'll wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to like just look at it again because I, I keep thinking that when I think of the world rankings, they're breathing down our necks, you know. And if we look at the last few years of what they've been putting in in terms of their um, their work ethic and the fact that more of their players. They don't have funding, so more of their players are playing in other European leagues um, to get that constant exposure, um, and that they are coming together as often as they possibly can. Being European makes it easier, of course. But um, if we look at if we look at those teams, they, of course, going to be they're going to be the ones like gunning for the the top two. But I don't think that we should shouldn't be putting ourselves in that top top pool and saying, well, we are going to fight for a position, as one or two, like we're going to fight for the position in the final. And like I said, I think we should be our biggest, our own sort of target to chase, yeah, to our to be better than ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I just think for all the listeners, South Africa in Pool B with Wales, Thailand and Italy, well, Pool A features uh-huh. Spain, Namibia, Canada and Belarus.
2: Um, yeah, so Italy, Italy will be probably the, the
1: one to beat to go into the next stage. All right, so, so Marsha, we, we've got to that time now mm-hmm. where we have to ask you yes. a, a very, very important question. It is time yes. for the Hockey 24-7 one-question quiz, and I'm going to hand you over to Derek
0: okay. for this. You're, it's, okay. a, it's a toughie, Marsha, and, and because okay. it's only one question, oh. it has to be tough. So oh. <laughs> don't don't be ashamed if you get it wrong because you'll be in very good okay. company. Um, if you get it right, you'll be in very good company as well. Just it will be a okay. much smaller room. Um, okay, Courtney Cox, yep. the actress.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: She had her big breakthrough in 1984 in a music video where she was pulled onto stage at the St. Paul Civic Center by yeah. the singer. And it was a yeah. very famous song. The singer is very, very famous. I want to know who is the singer.
1: Would you believe I actually uh, know the answer to this?
0: Do you? I think.
2: Jesus. Okay, say the year again. Okay, it was
0: 1984. Courtney Cox first appeared on and screen. And it was a male singer. It was a male singer.
2: Okay. Was it, can I ask Okay, uh, was yeah, it a band yeah. or was it a thing or was he, it? A- he had a Sorry, band. Yeah. He
0: had a band, but his name featured in the band's name right at the beginning. And Bon Jovi. No, but I'll give you one more <laughs> guess. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, normally we're very, very ruthless when it comes to this, but oh, okay. because you're on kind of the right lines, it starts with the same letter.
2: Uh. I have
0: no idea think of someone you work for Oh, that I work for that, n- not, not you necessarily just a person if, if you work for someone they are your what? boss yes oh I'm giving away a lot of clues now <laughs>
2: yeah I don't, I don't know
1: There's another Um, clue. His first name rhymes with Druce.
0: Druce? Steve. There we go. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that was handed to you on a platter. <laughs>
2: Just, oh, my God. i claim this. i claim this. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> it, it was... You, br- did, you need to ask me, like, your
0: favorite category of music
2: and then...
0: <laughs> no, but they, <laughs> these people don't have the same surname as you. Courtney Cox does. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Hence the link. Okay.
2: Good, word. The, Good the, word. the song, That's incidentally, true.
0: was Dancing in the Dark.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, it Wow. Cool. Um, it's yeah, been an absolute one. pleasure chatting to you, Marsha. And uh, best of luck for the future. Thank I know you. you don't need it because it's just going to go from strength to strength. And we can't wait to see your your daughter light up the hockey fields in the future. Thank you.
2: Thanks. It was lovely chatting
1: to you guys. Uh, thanks for the time, Marsha. And we will chat soon for
2: sure. Cheers, Marsha. Yeah. Bye. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: What an absolute legend.
1: You know, Dee, I I was thinking uh, as we were chatting to Marsha there, you know, in years to go, we're going to talk about the great South Africans. We're going to talk about Ernie Els with golf. We're going to talk about Jacques Cullis with cricket. Probably not AB because he's not going to the World Cup. Um, You know, we're going to talk about uh, Amanda Kutza or maybe a Kevin Anderson for tennis.
0: Guaranteed, Kevin Anderson.
1: And we are no doubt in my mind going to talk about the name Marsha Cox.
0: Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, I mean, we're already speaking about her in that light. Add another 10 years to it and then you, you look back at what she's achieved I mean, it's, the legend will just get bigger and bigger and bigger, but uh, yeah, what an absolute legend of the game, and, and it's one of those words, I mean, you just said it now, because when you look back, you're going to have certain highlights when it comes to professionals playing their certain sports, and the word legend gets bandied about too often these days, but in this respect, it certainly does apply well and true to Martius. So, a, a magnificent representative of not only the hockey game, but for South Africa too.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. What year did you say that uh, Courtney Cox was pulled on stage?
0: 1984.
1: It was almost perfect. Why? It was almost the year Marsha was born. Oh, yeah. I think she
0: was, 1985. No, 1983 she was. Yeah, but I don't know if we're allowed to say that. So, 1980. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That uh, wraps up the show. Anything else from you, Tyrone?
1: No, I I think that's it for this week. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to who we're going to chat to next week and... uh, It was a great one.
0: Yeah, it certainly was. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Ciao.